Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. So good to worship God at 12 Stone Home, 12 Stone Live. By the way, I often say, y'all fired up to be here. I know you are 12 Stone Home. I know you are in the room, right? Here we are, 12 Stone Live, fired up to be here. But listen, I, I think God's fired up. I, God, God has got something for us today that if we'll get this, it absolutely transforms the way we live. We're on week three of this HOPE series, H-O-P-E, HOPE. And as soon as you understand God-sized hope, well, you can't stop hope any more than you can stop God. So let's remember where we've been. Let's go to the scripture. Everybody, 12 Stone Home, 12 Stone Live, let's all read this loud and proud together. We've been looking at the scripture each week. Here we go. Read it with me loud and proud. We have this hope, Jesus, as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We have this hope, God-sized hope. It's in Jesus, and he's like an anchor. We've talked about that, but let's just be honest. So what? (laughs) Meaning this, it doesn't really matter if Jesus is the anchor of hope. It doesn't really matter to you unless you take hold. And hold on. This is true, but it doesn't impact your life until it's true for you. Look at the scripture right ahead of this, verse 18 of Hebrews. It says, we who have fled to take hold of the hope. See, see, before scripture even talks about Christ at the anchor, it says, we fled the things of this world. We fled all other hope to take hold of the hope set before us in Christ Jesus. So, so yes, Jesus is the anchor, but then, then we, have to, we have to take hold. We, we have to be the ones that make the decision to take hold and hold on. No matter what we're going through in life, covid Economic uncertainty, family tension, feel like freedoms are being taken from you, losing control over the things that you're used to managing in life. It's just, it's a crazy season. You're like, I, what, what are you taking hold of? So he said, we, we fled hope in the world. We don't put any hope in the world. And we take hold of Christ. And then you just hold on. You do what? hold on. You hold on to the truth. You hold on to Jesus. There's a question that's going to drive us today, so I'll put it right here. What are you holding on to in life? That's what we're going to talk about. And we've been doing the mad professor thing, where I go from the TV to the whiteboard. Tell me you love it. Lie. I don't care. Lie. Tell me you love it. I know you're not lying. I don't encourage you to lie. I know your sincere hope. We have this anchor of hope, Jesus. And we said it always operates in three arenas. Every day, hope. But we also have hope over the enemy. And we're aware that we're in a war. And, and we have eternal hope. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and, and we've said that hope operates in all three, and there's something for us to learn. So this is where we run back to the TV and we say, oh yeah, yeah, remember these three things? What does hope practice? Everybody read those with me. 12 Stone Home, wherever you are online, everybody in the room, here we go. Let's read them together. What are the three things? Number one, think backward. Number two, live forward. Number three, hope upward. See, we've been unpacking that in this series, this, this whole idea of, well, think backward, meaning that we start right here with the eternal, with the awareness that every day we are in a love story, but the setting is war. We have an enemy, and the hope is ultimately heaven, and God will restore all things to himself. So we began the first week understanding the eternal. We talked about heaven, and that was week one because you have to learn to think backwards. We spent week two on the enemy, the fact that we're in a war and we're in temptation and Satan's going to go after us. And then, and then we come back to week three, and here we are where we're going to talk about everyday hope. But in order to get to everyday hope, you have to think backwards with the awareness of it and then live forward. In other words, you live every day with hope for heaven over the enemy. Every day we have hope for heaven over the enemy and we live that out every day. Heaven on earth. Now this is never going to be heaven on earth. But our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, honored be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, right here, as it is in heaven. Hope has to practice every day. So we have to live forward. Every day, we live forward. Our hope is in him. We take hold of him. We can put that question right back. And the question is, who are you holding on to or what are you holding on to in life? Marsha and I met in 1980. You got to do some math to get back to those days. And we dated for two years. We married in 1982. And so we just celebrated a couple weeks ago, 38 years of marriage, That's right? 38 years of marriage, our wedding anniversary. We've known each other now for 40 years. Who even understands that number? But in 1980, a song came out and that song went high on the charts, hit the top 40 charts, a rock song from the band Kansas. And it's still on my iPhone, like to play the song. I'm going to play the last a verse and chorus of this song for you. I'm just going to let it play. I'll let you see the words. I'll let you enjoy 90 seconds of a little bit of rock, and you see if you can figure out the name of the song before the chorus hits. Check it out. Outside your door, he is waiting, waiting for you. Sooner or later, you
then we rock out and, okay. And some of you are too young and you just need to go put that on your iPhone and get some really good music. Because I don't, okay, let's move on. Others of you are like, you're just rocking out. You're, why are we playing a rock song? Isn't that a little out of place when we're talking about holding on to Jesus and his truth? No. The song was written by Kerry Livgreen. He was a founding member of the band Kansas. He wrote a good bit of their songs, like Carry On My Wayward Son, Dust in the Wind. Okay, you ever hear that one? It's one of his. And this song, Hold On. And he wrote Hold On because he had come to faith in Jesus. And his wife was not a Christ follower. And he wanted her to come to faith in Jesus. See, he couldn't bear that he would spend eternity in heaven and she would not. And that he was living with everyday hope in Jesus and she was not. And he knows the war that we're living in with the enemy. And this song was actually an evangelistic plea. Honey, hold on. Ultimately, learn to hold on to Jesus as your ultimate hope. So that rock song was actually an evangelistic song to come to Jesus. Turn to him. He's at the door. Hold on. You're so close. Don't hesitate. Lean into Jesus. Now y'all are going to listen to that song differently, aren't you? It's going to move. It's going to move from your rock song to your sacred song stuff. And, and his wife did come to faith. Beautiful thing. In fact, by the time we're done today, maybe you'll make the same decision. What are you holding on to in life? So how do you practice everyday hope? We're going to go after that in such a practical way. I'm going to give you about five things. And, and I don't mean this to sound like it's about me. In fact, I hope it doesn't. If it does, I apologize. Uh, the way I'm trying to deliver it today is to help make it accessible to you. So we're just going to charge through about five things that, that help me practice everyday hope. So here we go. Here's the first one. Every day I declare my purpose is to please Jesus. Every day I declare my purpose is to please Jesus. Jot it down. Put it in your phone. However you take notes, however you think about this. See, Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians. We make it our goal to please him, Jesus. But just before this, Paul's saying, whether I'm physically in the body on earth or whether I'm in heaven with Jesus, my goal is to please Jesus. My everyday goal is to please Jesus. Now listen, if I'm going to be pleasing Jesus, let me go right back here. If my goal is to please Jesus in heaven then I should be pleasing Jesus every day because every day hope practices what is my ultimate hope. Every day I'm here to please Jesus. So every day I'm in a running dialogue with Jesus. I wake up in the morning, I say, Jesus, good morning. Good morning, Lord Jesus. I'm going to declare my purpose today is to please you because listen, I'm going to be tempted all day to please myself, to please culture, to please other people. And who or what you please is always where you put your hope. Come on. See, all of us are in this. So, Lord, is the way I'm treating my spouse right now pleasing to you? Is the way I'm managing my priorities pleasing to you? Is the way I'm navigating my morals pleasing to you? Is what's going on in my mind right now pleasing to you? The disciples of Christ, the 12 disciples... They were, they were having things going on in their head and their heart, and they, they, they were having a little competition, a little friendly competition over who's the greatest among them. 
And in that little friendly, not so friendly competition over who's the greatest, they were kind of thinking, hey, Jesus is going to serve us. It's about Jesus serving us and us being great. And then Jesus, of course, interrupted all that and said, no, listen, let me explain the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, the way the kingdom of God operates is serving. I serve my heavenly father. I serve to please him. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, learn to serve. You got to serve one another. This isn't about being served. This is about serving. If that's true in the kingdom of God, that's got to be true for me every day. Every day, if I'm going to please the Lord, I'm going to have a serving heart. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve others. Hey, we even had a little friendly competition last weekend that I helped set up between the teaching pastors, Pastor Jason, Pastor Sean. And then there was an opportunity for them to serve each other. So here's the catch up of the video and what played out. Check it out. In front of you are six envelopes that are statements about you. The other person has five seconds to determine whether it's a truth or a lie. First person of four wins. The loser has to wash personally by hand and do an excellent job the car of the other one. You yeah. yeah. In high school, I once dumped a girl because she drove too slow. <laughs> Sounds true. That's a lie. That is a lie. Wow, all right. Good it's for you. because I laughed to give it away. I got yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. My high school senior superlatives were best eyes and best smile. You don't know that word. False. <laughs> True. Damn. Oh. My favorite song is Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus. False. Please. That is true. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Go to False. False. Wow, he ties it up. Sean ties uh, it up. True. I want, to remind, I want to remind everyone, your favorite song is Wrecking Ball. <laughs> no, it doesn't oh, matter. Cyrus. We're going to play it while you watch this car. Yeah. <laughs> True. False. No! Oh, my word. This is it. This is it. Yeah, my heart's beating through my chest I, right now. I do not want to watch this car. Uh, True. It is. Oh, Jason! Jason wins! Give it up for Jason, everybody! Jason. Yeah, this is ridiculous. You're a trusting person. I am a trusting person, that's true. I'm bad at lying. Dude, come on. Hey, what's up, dude? You have never driven this thing in mud in your entire life. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is ridiculous. It was a rough, was a rough morning. <laughs> right. But I'm glad you're here to help, man. How did you get this dirty? I have no idea. Seriously, this is disgusting. Hey, and be careful, watch the paint. Oh, oh, yeah. Is that lemonade good? Let's go. I'm so mad that I lost. Oh, this is awful. Does this work? How is that going to get anything off the car? I really appreciate you guys picking two in the afternoon for me to do this. My feet are on fire right now. Oh, this is what it's come to 12 years of ministry. <laughs> Wax on, wax off. <laughs> 12 years. At the end of the day, I have to wash a car, and the entire church knows I love Rachel McAdams because I love the notebook. Yeah, Wrecking and Ball, Wrecking Ball is my favorite song ever. Good there, Sean. Oh, golly. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement. This is great. Yeah, man. This is back. Tough. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, this is something to... We need some Miley Cyrus on is what we need. This is her for me. No, no. You are a terrible person. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you just hit your boss in the face. Oh. <laughs> the best part is just... And the mature, they could just sit and take it. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna take forever. Oh, goodness.
Uh, give it up for the guys. Now, as you can see, there was great serving hearts there. Jason graciously delivered his car in need of a wash. He, he made it so it was worthy of a car wash. What a serving heart from Jason. That's tremendous. Well done, Jason. And Sean washed his brother's car. By the way, that's a whole lot of what Jesus meant when he made the disciples wash each other's feet. After all, their feet was their mode of travel. It gets dirty. You wash it. This was just washing each other's feet. Yeah, I got caught in the crossfire. And I took it. I took it. Because deep down, I know Sean was ticked. That's what made it so much fun. <laughs> because somewhere deep in our soul, when we get done with church, we sort of think, man, if I got to serve, I lose. We really don't buy that the hope of the kingdom, which is to serve, is what we should do every day. And it's transforming every day. Lord, I'm here to please you. It, it'll transform the way you live. If everyday hope doesn't become practical, living out the truth of the kingdom, then you don't have a real God-sized hope. It changes us here. Every day. Here's the second one. Every day, I sing his praises. Just jot it down. Every day, I sing his praises. Like literally... Every day I put, I put on a worship song. Every, every, every day I have a moment in the day, usually in the day, but, but every day I have a moment where I sing praise and I honor him. Because listen, if I, I, if I don't sing his praises, I'm tempted to sing the praises of my own or everybody else. You live in a world that's telling you to sing everybody and everything else's praises. You do. You have to, what are you going to give praise to? Now, I'm not a gifted singer. I've proven that many times. But I sing to him. Oh, Lord, my God. This isn't for you. I sing to him. When I, in awesome wonder, consider all the world thy hands hath made. I see the stars. Ah, but I can't sing. So I get my iPod out. I get my iPhone out. Don't you wish at any moment you could just like bring Cam into your place of worship? Because I can. So Cam, I interrupted Cam this morning. I'm like, hey, Cam, I'm going to need you today. He said, for what? I said, just start singing How Great Thou Art. Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. You are my uh, iPhone. Okay. <laughs> Turn that way up. Turn this down off. Okay? And then, and then this is how I do a duet in my worship time. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hand have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. 
Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. And I turn it off. you are not in love with him and if he is not great to you then what is what are you holding on to because you're holding on to something then sings my soul not my voice my soul because affection is something you cultivate and you feed and you grow. And I don't want a greater affection for my wife or my children or my grandchildren or my work or my accomplishments. Otherwise, I'm going to sing the praises of pride and vanity and materialism. Then sings my soul every day. I sing his praises. How to move on. Number three. Every day I listen to Jesus. Every day I what? Listen to Jesus. I couldn't hear you. Every day I what? Listen to Jesus. I, I read a section of the scripture every day. Why? Because Listen, when you pick up the Bible, as soon as you start reading, Jesus is talking to you. It's the word of God. It's not, it's not human. It's, it's not man written, woman written. It's, not, it's, not, it's the Holy Spirit of God speaking to us every day. Every day I got to listen to Jesus. So I read a section of the Bible. If it's a verse, if it's a chapter, I read a section of it because it's telling me the truth and wisdom versus lies and foolishness. And I got to navigate this world. See, after college, I got my first job. And, and when I got my first job, I figured out that I had a boss. <laughs> And well, that was annoying because my boss wanted to meet with me every day and I couldn't put him off. I couldn't like reschedule him, disregard him or, 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 or disregard him. It's like, well, I, he's your boss. Now, something interesting occurred in those early stages. God used that to remind me he's my boss. I work for him. Huh. It was resetting. Son, every day you go to work, the first person you work for is me. How you do your work, your attitude, your actions, your disposition, your work ethic, the way you respond to people, care for people, the problems you solve, the way you give yourself to work, you work for me. Huh. Look at Colossians. Servants, 
And, and I, I've studied this stuff. It really from bond servants to employees. Do what you're told by your earthly masters. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master for God. Confident. Of what? That you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. Let's go back over here. Do what? Keep in mind... Keep in mind, your ultimate master here, you have eternal hope. You're going to go to heaven. This is your inheritance, but you're practicing it right here and now. Every day you go to work, you work for Jesus first. So how you do work matters every day. I listen to Jesus, and one of the things I learned is that I work for him. Now, right about now, I have this really cool story that I want to tell you. I want you to watch discipline at work, because I'm working right now. I'm about to do a very disciplined thing. I'm skipping the story because I'm talking too long and I got to get to more stuff. I hope it breaks your heart. I hope you're thinking, I want that story. You're not getting it. Okay. Let's move on because I got other stories. Here we go. Every day I talk to Jesus. Number four. Every day I talk to Jesus. Just jot it down. Every day I do what? talk to you. I sing his praises. I, I, I make him my purpose to please him. I, I, I listen to Jesus and I talk to Jesus every day because he's my ultimate eternal hope. So he's got to be my daily hope. And by the way, pressure builds up. Doesn't pressure build up inside you every day? I mean, it doesn't matter if it's the COVID pressure, if it's, if it's career pressure because you're overworked or underworked. It doesn't matter if it's financial pressure. It just seems like in this COVID season, I'm, I, I don't want to... The health risks are serious. They're dangerous. Maybe we're not hitting the percentages of death that were, that were threatened. But part of what's gone on for these months is that there are so many unanswered questions and unsolved problems and unknown future that it unravels you. And what's beneath the surface is this frustration and this absence of control. And we've talked about it. When you can't control big things, you try and control little things and often try to control people. And something happens over here that has nothing to do with what breaks out underneath you. It just, you know, just vomits with all the pressure all over everything else. We're under pressure. Does anyone, anyone know what I'm talking about? Anyone, anyone at all? Okay. So Bruce, help me out here. So I, I, I have to talk to Jesus because I've got to deal with pressure and you've got to deal with pressure and nobody escapes this. So I, well, I got to help you understand what I'm talking about. So the pressure builds up and I talk to Jesus every day throughout the day because I'm dealing with all sorts of pressure. L look at what scripture says. Don't be anxious. All kinds of pressure, anxiety, worry, fear, uncertainty sits in our soul because this stuff is over our head. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer. By what, everybody? Prayer. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Whatever is your pressure, if you'll come before the Lord and talk to the Lord, if you'll be in a running dialogue, what happens is the pressure that builds up, you just begin to pray. And God helps you release the pressure. And the Holy Spirit exchanges your pressure for his peace. 
See, you've got to lean more into his presence than your pressure so that God can do a work on the inside because it changes the way you do life on the outside. And if everywhere you go, you're filled with pressure, then when that cap uncorks, it goes all over everyone. I come before the Lord in the morning and I talk with the Lord. But I've noticed that pressure builds back up sometimes before I even get out of the house. Somebody yell, do it. You're not safe, people. And it builds up, doesn't it? And so throughout the day, I'm having these conversations with them. Oh, Lord, God, help me deal with pressure. And God exchanges your pressure for his peace. But things still get shaken up during the day. Jaden and I were coming back from last month from North Georgia. And as we were coming down the expressway, there was light but heavy enough traffic. There was a truck with a boat in front of us, but there were vehicles in front of them. And so the left lane was locked and the right lane's locked in. Um, the right lane is for cruising. The left lane is for passing. <laughs> Some don't know that. It's okay. We're trying to help you. And so this guy with his boat was in the left lane, but that's fine. It was, it was heavy traffic, but eventually it lightened up so that there was nobody in the right lane and nobody in front of him in the left lane, and he's still there. And so I try and be gracious because I'm tender like that. And I usually give people like a count to 10 or 20. You think, no, you don't. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I actually count. And I give them time to get in the right lane because I know that they understand the law and they intend to and just move on. No big deal. And, and he didn't. I'm like, well, okay, um, I'll do it for him. So pass on the right. And I hit the speed limit twice on the way up and on the way down. Um, so I passed him on the right. No big deal. And I'm half a mile ahead. Moving on. No big deal. No, I'm really not even mad. It just, just whatever. Passed him on the right. It was open. But I look in the rearview mirror, and this guy with his boat is barreling like shot out of a cannon. I mean, he is coming fast and hard. So Jay and I are talking about, check this out. He said, what's that guy's problem? So apparently he didn't like being passed on the right, or he just found his accelerator. <laughs> I don't know why he couldn't find it back there. But I got in the right lane so he can pass. I mean, I got right lane early enough. He didn't get in the right lane. He slowed down and then got behind me. Oh. Oh, we're doing that. And you with a boat, no less. So Jason, what's the guy's problem? So I said, I didn't like being passed. I said, let's try it again. So I took off. Like he, with his boat, he couldn't. If I didn't want him to, he couldn't. But I hit a reasonable speed. It's not relevant what the speed was. I hit a reasonable speed, and I was quite a distance away. And I just pulled in the right lane again. And he comes flying. I mean, barreling. I said, son, I'm going to teach you something in driving. It's called brake checking. You have to wait till they get close enough and that they're at ramp speed. So you stay high speed. You let them come at ramp speed, and then you nail your brakes. Well, daddy's going to hit you. Now his boat's going to become a hood ornament. That's what's going to happen, and then he won't do that again. Dad, what if he hits you? Well, first of all, it's his responsibility if you rear-end someone. But secondly, he won't hit me. I'll be on the gas so fast, but he can figure it out. He can't get off his brakes. 
Seriously, Dad? I said, yeah, watch this. Count of three. One, two, three. But I didn't do it. And I didn't do it because I was in a conversation with Jesus. And Jesus was saying, what are you doing? And I said, I'm helping the guy. No, no. You're stirring road rage. But God, he deserves it. Son, let it go. You're not helping. So I uncap it and I let it go. And then he comes back again and again. And I just let it go. I take the exit. He takes the exit. I take the opposite lane in the exit. He gets behind me again. Jane's like, Dad, what on earth? I said, We're hitting an unstable person. I go through the light at the exit, stop at the next light. He comes flying off the side of the road, parks next to me with his boat half on the road, gets out of his car and goes to my son's window and loses it at the window. Well, there you go, Jesus. I am now going to have to help this person. (laughs) Jesus, I grew up with that kind of rage. Jaden's like, Dad, what is wrong with him? I said, the guy's COVID crazy. It cracked underneath. Just some, he chose to be offended. He thinks he's in the right. I'm in the right. I'm about to get out and go handle it. I know you're already disappointed. You're like, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I have pressure and he's pushed all the buttons and I grew up with that kind of person. I know how to go handle it and I will handle it and I am prepared. And they have this little conversation with Jesus. He's like, uh, hang on, son, this is a trap of Satan. Do you not understand that right now cars behind you have their iPhone on? They can already see crazies happening. You're going to get out of the car. When this gets videoed, will this honor me? <sighs> son, Jaden's never seen the rage you grew up with. That used to be you. We're really going to go just display that everywhere. Your pride is that petty? Maybe. (laughs) Fine. I just stayed in the car, pretended I laughed, drove away. He did it again. I wish I handled everything as well as that, and I didn't handle that well because I'm not telling you what was really going on. All I'm telling you is this. The only way to handle temptation when you're in the midst of a war, when Satan is using any and everything around you to get you to live ungodly, is to talk to Jesus because you can't handle the pressure, but he can relieve the pressure and give you peace with him. You got to learn how to live that. got to move on. Number five, every day practice decisions without discussion. Every day practice decisions without discussion. What do I mean by that? (laughs) Oh, glad you asked. Most people are stuck. Listen, we're stuck in our faith. We're stuck in our marriage. We're stuck. Can't get anywhere in our finances. We're stuck in our health. We're, we're, We're stuck because we can't do that right there. We can't practice every day decisions without discussion. Here's what I mean. As soon as God teaches you what is true, right, and good, with him, you make a decision. God's already made a decision with you. Now go practice it. 
But when you revert back to a discussion, when something's already been a decision, you make a discussion, you undo the good that could happen. For example, Marsha made a decision many, many, many years ago that for her to stay fit, she'd have to work out every day, every day to some degree, work out every day. So she made a decision. And when she made that decision, that became a decision every day. I work out to some degree every day, every week, every month, every year without fail. And she's never had a discussion with me about it. And she's never had a discussion with herself. It's just something to practice. Therefore, she's more fit than me because I agree with her. It's a really good idea. <laughs> and I've made the decision and I've joined the practice. But on many days, I revert back to it being a discussion. Is that real? Do I really have time for that? I am a very busy man. I'm sitting here watching Netflix. Who has time for this? <laughs> do I really feel like, li li just listen. Every time you already have a decision you're supposed to practice and you make it a discussion, you really intend not to do it. When you go to the restaurant and Satan shows up and says, do you want any dessert? And you already decided it was a no, but now you start thinking about it. You put it in the discussion phase. That means you intend to go the wrong way. Every time I move from what is already a decision to practice to a discussion, I'm really undoing the good. Men and women, where has God already given you a decision and you're making it a discussion? Ooh. Like for us, when it comes to honoring God with first fruits, I mean, we, 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 we got married in 1982 and settled in our soul that scripture says, lay up treasure in heaven. Very good. We think the practice of that is honoring God with first fruits, first 10%. So for 38 years, every time a paycheck or otherwise comes into our home, the first 10% plus goes to the Lord. It's never, it's never a discussion. We just hold on to it. We don't go back and rediscuss it, only to discuss more. Because if, if this is our life and this is eternity, the rope, then life on earth is like that little zip tie. That's all it is. Really, I'm going to put all my money, effort, and energy here? No. He says, lay up treasure in heaven. Invest in things of the kingdom. Get your head about the size of eternity, the length of the rope, so that you know how to live right here. And you don't know how to live right here every day. Your life is about that short. That's maybe 75 years of the whole of eternity live so smart here that you understand you're living here. I don't manage money as if this is the end of my life. I manage it as if this is eternity and I'm investing it. That's what Jesus is telling me. Every seven days, worship. One in every seven days. It's not a discussion whether or not you worship him one in every seven days. You shut down life and cease striving and know that he's God. See, some people look at scripture here in Hebrews, got in a bad habit. And so the author wrote, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See this gathering together. People say like, you know what? My faith, just me, just Jesus. We don't need to gather together anymore. It's no big deal. They started taking something that was already a foregone decision. They start making it a discussion. See, be wise. Fellowship, worshiping together, builds faith. And beware. Faith falls when you're social distancing. Now listen, I'm very aware of the culture I live in right now, and so are you. I understand for a season of time we social distance. I understand some for reasons of age and health, and understandably, 
Keep a distance. So you're doing church online. I get that for a season. But this is not to become the way of life. It's why we're opening 12 Stone Home, where it's safe in groups of 8, 12, 20, and God is using that mightily. Listen, COVID isn't clouding the kingdom vision. It's clarifying it. And what we're doing here together, if 12 Stone Live works for you, we're at the central campus. That was the next step. Look, I'm watching. Leaders don't have all the answers, but they're taking step by step. And I just want you to know the next step for us on September the 13th, we're going to open Hamilton Mill Campus for 9 and 11, if you're ready for that. you got to figure out, before the Lord, how do I put in practice the things he's already taught me, decisions already made? All right, that's enough. i got to stop. But perhaps the most important thing as we close is what are you going to do with the offer of God for hope? Maybe like Carrie Livgreen's wife, the message, the song of hold on is an evangelistic song to you. And God's been speaking to you, and she would have offered a prayer, something like this, and we're going to offer this prayer together. Jesus, I believe you are Lord over all. Please forgive me through your sacrifice on the cross. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. That prayer is the surrender, coming into the kingdom, being forgiven and born again. 12 Stone Home here in the room, we're going to read that prayer aloud. But for some of you, this is your moment. I don't have to spend a lot of fanfare on this. The Spirit of God has been drawing you, or he hasn't. I hope you say yes. So everyone in the room, read this prayer with me. Everyone at 12 Stone Home, read it loud. It doesn't mean that you mean the prayer. This prayer only is activated on the faith in Christ. Maybe you've already offered this prayer, and you know the power of this. But for some of you, this is you coming into the kingdom. And this is a great day. Read it with me, everyone. Jesus, I believe you are Lord over all. Please forgive me through your sacrifice on the cross. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.